It is my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Today, we've got a special guest, Lori LaDuc. Lori, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And where are you calling in from today? So I am currently in Medellin, Colombia. Yeah, I'm here for six weeks. And honestly, my expectation for while I'm here is just to kind of get a routine and catch up on personal projects. Like you, I've spent a good deal of time here before. So I have less of that feeling of pressure to explore and like find new things every day and it's just easier for me to focus and find a routine the last few months i've been pretty like hectically hopping all over the world so it's a very very welcome slow period for me right now it's a really good recharge point i, I always say that where have you been popping around to oh man so <laughs> let's see i guess this summer I, I spent it in europe and was in a few countries there, Portugal, Montenegro, Serbia, Albania, Greece, Italy, and then popped over to Egypt. And after that, I went home to California for a few weeks. And then I was in Mexico, we're like in October now. And then, then I actually took a five-week sabbatical from work. So I took that opportunity to go down to Peru and do a week-long ayahuasca retreat and then go to Thailand for a month. And then I spent the last five weeks of the year working from Sydney, Australia, which was amazing but exhausting because of the time zone. So I am just so excited to not really do a lot right now. That is a, a ton. Like I've got, I've got an agenda of stuff that I wanted to talk about here today, but there's so much in what you just said that I want to <laughs> too much. I want to type there's yeah. I mean, I could almost do 30 minutes just asking you about the ayahuasca. I, I think I will, but let's just back up for the audience a little bit. And if you could just briefly introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and where you work, and then maybe just a little bit about into how you became a digital nomad. Sure. So my name is Lori. I currently am working for Khan Academy, which is a an education nonprofit that provides free online education. And I head up our community support department, which covers customer support, community management, and then liaising with the product teams. And as in terms of when I got started as a digital nomad, my first experience was actually in 2008. I was working for a social network for cats while I was in college. The world's largest online cat community, actually, catster.com. And I did a study abroad in Australia, and they let me keep working while I was down there. So, yeah, I was answering cat emails and moderating cat content while going to school at University of Melbourne in, in 2008. And so ever since then, like, I've, I've known it's very possible, especially in this field. And I had a stint 
in 2012, backpacking through like Asia and the South Pacific, Australia, New Zealand, while also working part time. And I did that for two years. And with this latest role, I've been at Khan Academy for about six and a half years, and five and a half years of those have been remote. And that this is this is kind of like a, the next phase for me. I'm working full time. The previous two times I I know Mary were part time. I'm working full time. I'm leading a team. It's a lot more of a strategic role than I had before. But it's been great. I mean, I've been doing it for five and a half years remotely. I've built a fully remote team and it's still going strong. I it doesn't sound good on audio when the host is laughing, but you're going through this background of cat website <laughs> and you're like yeah. I'm I'm dying laughing over here. And you be <clears throat> you kind of accidentally became one of the original digital nomads through a cat website. That is a Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, cats Cats never sleep. They they need support around the clock. Okay, so you you did that back in two thousand eight, and you got your first taste for that. But this was just you said this was just like part time. Yeah, I in the modern sense, I started like doing it in two thousand seventeen. I worked from our office okay. in Mountain View, California, for one year, and then transitioned my role to be remote. And at first, because I just was not so sure how a role like this would transition to like remote and moving around a lot. I just stayed domestically. I did a month in Portland, a month in Chicago, a month in New Orleans. And then it's like, okay, yeah, yeah this, this seems to be working. Let's go to Jamaica and Columbia. What did that transition period look like for you when you said, or maybe even earlier than that, did you have thoughts on, okay, this is going really well. I want to start traveling the world while I'm working, kind of like what I did back in 2008. What did what did that period look like? Yeah, I always knew that that was kind of a goal of mine. So while I was actually interviewing at Khan Academy, one of the people I interviewed with had just moved from Mountain View to New York. So I knew that this company had experience with remote workers. And actually, after six months, I petitioned to my, my manager to, to have my owner be remote. And over the next six months, I basically worked with him to make sure, just like clarify, what are my responsibilities? What, what of them absolutely have to be in the office? And any that did, we just figured out how to do it remotely. And honestly, there was not that many. It's just kind of like, especially at that time, it was un, an uncomfortable proposition, especially for a role that's, um, that was new, like mine was. I was the first person hired to do community or support at Khan Academy. And so it was more just kind of establishing myself and building trust within the organization that was the key element there. So a lot of the folks that listen to these podcasts are in the phase where they want to become a digital nomad, but they they haven't they haven't approached that conversation quite yet at this point. What kind of recommendations, if you have any, would you have for somebody that needed to go to their boss and say, "Hey, this is something that I I want to do." What kind of things would you recommend that they say to their boss in a way that it'll it'll be heard and they'll get the result that they're looking for? So I actually got this advice from somebody in my org who had transitioned from working on site in Mountain View to Denver 
And she like basically headed up our HR and I was like, man, if HR can be remote, then definitely community support can be. And so I asked her, what did you do? Like, how did you transition your role to be remote? And she said, I mean, similar to what I said before, she just broke down with her manager, all of the very specific areas of her job responsibility and, and just mapped, can this be done remotely? If yes, okay, cool. If no, let's figure out how we can make it so that we can do it remotely or maybe like bring in somebody else to, to help with this or whatever, but basically just broke down her role piece by piece and created a solution for every aspect that would support her working remotely. And I, I found that to be quite helpful for me. Like, you know, when I went to my manager and said, what about my job? Like has to be in the office. Like there wasn't really much. It was just, like I said, a discomfort with a newer role a role that was like quite cross-functional being done remotely when at that time, most of the company was in the office. Did you say the first place you went to was Jamaica? Yeah, that was the first international place that I worked from well in this current role. And that was with Wi-Fi Tribe. That okay. was one of their early you did chapters. the Blue Mountain hike? In, oh, yeah. In yeah. Froze it, on the mountain? It was kind of a legendary chapter, as it turned out. It was a, basically a shit show. I think it kind of scarred Diego, who was running it. They haven't been back since. But it was just epic. And, you know, the people that I met there were incredible. It was such a unique... And, yeah, just really set the tone for all the cool and interesting things that you could do when, when traveling internationally. What was that first experience like when you really first became digital nomad? So you made your pitch and then you did it. You went to Jamaica and did you go, holy shit, this is, I, I can't believe it's finally happening. Or was it like a total mess and nothing worked or somewhere in between? Well, like I said earlier, like I had been doing it domestically. So I had, you know, the experience, I, but I didn't have kind of the community or the network yet. So I was just like, popping myself into Portland and seeing who I could meet and who I knew there and then Chicago and then New Orleans. So Jamaica was the first like quite foreign and kind of like what we more commonly think of digital nomad experience for me. But I mean, Jamaica then, and I don't, and I think now is just not really set up for this kind of lifestyle. You know, there, there's not strong infrastructure when it comes to internet. There's you know, a lot of the tourism there is just kind of resort oriented. So, you know, trying to explore the city independently was its own like challenge that just led to all these misadventures. I mean, like one thing that I remember from that is like, so we were all living in a, in a house in the white with the, the Wi-Fi tribe chapter and like all the toilet seats broke at one point and like, they're just like really cheap plastic and you know, the host made Diego buy new ones. He was like, well, you're, you know, the people living there broke these toilet seats. And so Diego had to like go to the store and buy <laughs> new toilet seats. And we were, you know, laughing about like, oh, is he going to take them away with him? Because like he paid for these. It was just like that kind of, you know, bananas level. Just why? Just absurd. So pretty exciting, but maybe not exactly what you expected on your first international trip. That's for sure. It was definitely um, like hilarious what? and unexpected and just, I uh -huh. mean, absolutely set the expectation that you have to just roll with the circumstances that you are put in with. Yeah. You cannot control all the elements around you. And that's kind of half the fun. So in talking about community, this was kind of the first 
community that you mentioned, like after going full-time digital nomad, what, how do you feel about the digital nomad community? What's it, what's it been like for you? In what way? What are the, what are the people like? A lot of the people that listen to the podcast have concerns over if I become digital nomad, can I find a community? What's that community going to be like? Like, what are the people like? Am I going to get along with people? Uh, Are they like-minded? So like, what's your experience with digital nomad community and, and making friends? Yeah, I mean, one thing about it is it's just so incredibly dynamic that you don't need to honestly worry too much about if you don't like somebody or anything, because there's just people constantly joining the area where you're in or leaving. And as a group, you know, as people basically constantly move into new areas, I've found that folks are just very eager to connect and like become friends and do things together much more so than say living in one place where you know you can take weeks to set up a dinner or plan something together it's just there's like less of an of an urgency there people feel like they have much more time than when you're living in a place for like a month or something there's much more like yeah let's seize this day like let's go explore this new place so i've always found it very easy to meet people and you know i don't think anyone gets along with 100 percent of the people they meet but that's completely fine and with with being a part of this community yeah there's just constantly new folks that you're meeting you're gonna you'll meet someone you'll like then you'll meet their friends or you'll just like see somebody in their instagram a lot and you know end up like connecting that way and then randomly being in the same place together and that that has been one of i'd say like the more delightful parts of this lifestyle is just all of the people that i've met like from all walks of life both digital nomads and people who live in these cities i'm just i'm a pretty big extrovert and love meeting new people so there's just constantly opportunities to do that here even if you're not like targeting the digital nomad community so when i was in australia recently i you know, hang out with any digital nomads. I just hung out with people I met through meetups or through dating apps or at a bar, you know, and just made, you know, took initiative to get their contact information and continue to hang out with them and thus made a bunch more Aussie friends. So yeah, I I'm a big fan of the opportunities that this this kind of lifestyle gives for for meeting new folks. Mm. Tell me about some of the top moments that you've had as a digital nomad, or, or maybe just one, maybe the first thing that comes to mind when I say, like, what, what's a moment that just jumps out at you and you say, holy shit, I made such a good choice with my life. This is amazing. Could be just like an experience or just like a feeling that you had as it relates to being a digital nomad reset. This is awesome. I love my life. You know, like one thing that, one memory that I I do come back to when I when I think about just like blazingly good weeks was after I did a Wi-Fi tribe chapter in Buenos Aires. And before I went to my next location, which was in Mexico, I took a week off work to just go solo hiking through Patagonia. And I didn't really have a big plan. I didn't like plan things out ahead of time or know exactly what I wanted to do, but I was just, you know, so free and going on these hikes that were terrible ideas and I was really unprepared for it challenged me in so many different ways and just getting into these situations that were you know ridiculous and beautiful and overwhelmingly good was 
I mean, yeah, that week was just such a beautiful week where I just felt totally free and where I felt like I was completely in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Those, those moments that you described were like, I shouldn't have been doing that kind of thing. I find that when I reflect and I ask myself that question, it's those moments where you're at, you're out of control. You're, you're out of your comfort zone because you just get so comfortable at home. When you leave and you let go, you just kind of let go of that control and you get way outside of the norm. That's what really sticks. And you go, Oh my God, like I'm feels like you're growing. It actually feels like you're, you're becoming more of a, a complete person by, by going through those experiences. And it's so freeing. I remember I've had a few moments just like that where I'm just like, Oh my God, this feels so out of, I feel so out of the, out of the norm for me that I feel just a hundred percent liberated and a weight taken off my, off my chest. Yeah. And that's one of the things that you, I think, realize and get very comfortable with being a digital nomad and traveling constantly is that you can't, you can't control everything. There's no way you can fully prepare for all the things you're going to encounter. And, but like, you know what, like you'll deal with it. Like you'll be in that situation and realize, yeah. well, I do not have the right shoes for this hike or the right clothes. It's there's snow on the ground and I didn't realize that would be a thing. But you know, like you can uh-huh. go and rent that and or talk with somebody yeah. or get advice and like that's okay. You know, like you you can just you we're all more capable than I, I think we think we will be a lot of the times. It's something that I need to remind myself of a lot, honestly, like when I'm packing and I think I need all these things and you never it's do. definitely not the case. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the things that as we're, like I said, a lot of the people listening to this podcast want to become digital nomads and they've got all of these planning questions. Like what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that? And they're all like perfectly logical questions to have and, and logical concerns but we forget, like you said, we've got an ability to, to roll with stuff pretty, pretty well. Like we, you will figure out a way and it's, you don't need to necessarily have the answer planned. Like you're perfectly capable of like working out. Oh my God, I, I couldn't find good internet. Okay. So you, you figured out some new backup on a backup plan and then it got fixed. And then there you go. You got another experience. So it's like, it's really, really doable for people. Okay, so let's we talked about a top moment. Let's go backwards or let's go in reverse and talk about a moment where you said, "Oh my god, this life is such a pain in the ass." Or something it might even be Blue Mountain. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I heard so many stories about Are you that. Kidding me? that what was, was like that was oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in an amazing way. Okay. So so what would be a moment where you said, "Okay, this is not the curated Instagram world that everybody thinks it is yeah i think with blue mountain what is that like type two fun where in the moment it's not fun but you look back on it very fondly you know i i was kind of trying to think about this and nothing really comes to mind where there was this horrible train wreck of a situation where i was just like screw this this is not worth it however like some of the common things that regularly pop up that are um real like unglamorous and tedious parts of this lifestyle. I mean, one, packing. Packing and unpacking, like it never gets easier for me. Like I'm terrible at it still. It's always something I dread that takes much longer than it should. Okay, so maybe some people get better at it. Okay, well, 
You're an original. You should have that dialed in by now. Like I said, I, I overpack, like I, I don't know. It's just packing and unpacking, you know, every month or so never gets less painful in my experience, but maybe, maybe for you it does. And I would love to take your Skillshare. So, but another thing is just like whenever you're landing in a new place and this is so like petty and, and not important, but just like going out, buying a salt shaker, buying an oil, fig- figuring out how am I going to do laundry this month? You know, yeah. just every single month, like having to go through that is, it just feels like, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. I shouldn't be spending so much time buying salt and figuring out my laundry, you know? So th- there, you just spend a lot of time on like basic logistics. Like, where am I going to live? Like, where am I going to grocery shop? Like, what are the apps that are used in this country? And just that is something that you spend way more time on than if you were just living in a, in a single place and you knew it really well. And that's that's one reason why I'm excited to be back in Medellin because like I, I do know it well, I'm familiar with this place. So I, I feel like I have to spend less time doing those things. Although I did have to still buy salt and oil. Those, those are the bad things, but also just saying goodbye constantly to people it never gets that never gets super easy or if you find a place that you love and having to leave it like you know it always provokes this you know this feeling of just kind of like regret and nostalgia and i don't know just just sadness i guess that you've met this person you've connected really well and you may say that oh yeah we definitely need to like travel again together or whatever but you know that there's a pretty high chance that you may never see this person again in person in person so that that is something that is always really hard it's really hard to describe this digital nomad living situation to people that haven't done it before it's because this this time that you have with people is so compressed it, it like it feels so short but at the same time it's so compressed you get like you spend more time with the people you travel with in one week than you do your friends like when you're just living at home in a year because you're with them all the time and it's it all it becomes like an extension of you and then when you have to say goodbye it can be heartbreaking i've had that a few times myself where i'm just like i i don't know when or if i'm going to see this person again and it's like really sad it feels like you know a, a second family to me and it, it can be really hard and it's one of the things that you don't see in the Instagram highlight reel the the tears when you're you know when you're leaving really really good friends for a while, so that's yeah that's a really good point. As long as we're on the topic of things that aren't exactly in the Instagram highlight reel, what would you say would be some of the misnomers about the digital nomad lifestyle that people might think it is, but it's not actually. You know, like the people assuming that you're just living on a beach drinking pina coladas instead of working all the time, for example, that kind of thing. Like what what kind of things pop up all the time where it's like, no, nah, that's not the real that's not the real life that we're living. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest one is that um, that we're not actually working, which, you know, there's there's obviously a great variety of people and jobs that folks are doing while while traveling. But I have met some of the hardest workers and most creative people in this lifestyle, but I've definitely had people say to me like, oh, you know, things that make it sound like, oh, you're really getting away with something here, are you? Where like, I'm working for an organization, like I'm leading a team, you know, we're doing great. And, and just 
that can be a little bit frustrating, but honestly, like I get it. Like the pictures look amazing. The other I quote unquote misnomer is that like we have a Peter Pan complex and like we're trying to we're always like running away from things and never want to grow up. But I actually think there's probably some truth to that one. So You think so? Yeah, for sure. It's it's funny. We just had a an ask me anything question back and forth between me and Marissa. And we just wrote down three questions without telling the other person what they're going to be. And we just did the podcast live and asked the questions. And I asked Marissa, are you running away from something as a digital nomad live on the podcast? And she said in her case, no, she thinks she says that she's actually running, running towards a different type of life. In in my case, <clears throat> I'd say it's probably a little bit of both. Like I, I definitely run towards this life because I, I really like it. and I don't see myself stopping on the other hand i i am i did just turn 38 and i don't want to i don't want to get older so i think there's definitely a little bit of an aspect of that as well and yeah and and having to buy salt shakers every new place i go is is a constant reminder of that that actually just happened to me recently it's funny yeah go ahead yeah we don't even notice it's just like oh yeah time to buy the salt shakers normal thing but no i think what i more mean is along the lines of when you're constantly leaving places or have that option you don't have to sit with the hard problems of the place that you're in you don't have to you know deal with mending a, a friendship that you know that has maybe taken a turn you weren't expecting you can just leave you can just leave and meet new people you can go to a place that doesn't have those problems and you can really kind of like quote opt out of participating in making you know your community or the world a better place or investing in the these long-term relationships which is just a lot harder than when you're just in a new place and going on trips together which is always going to be more fun and exciting than sitting somebody with somebody through their breakup over you know six months and talking through them through that with them or you know getting involved in your community because you see the problems that you know like the structural problems that are wrong with your city or your state or whatever so that's i think what i'm more getting towards like it's easy to not to just like nope out of hard problems a lot of the times rinse repeat start somewhere new yeah, like before, you know, we started this this chat officially, we were talking about like, oh, the fact that you had a you have a girlfriend now and like, wow, like that's exciting. Like you just that's actually uncommon like for folks like us that we would actually get in a relationship and say, This is my girlfriend, I am committing to this person versus like we're traveling together or we're just like, you know, having having fun. We're just who knows, you know, no commitment. And and I think that it just makes it easier to do when you're constantly moving and and potentially switching up the people that you surround yourself with. You completely drown out that that chatter in your brain with all these great distractions. And like I don't I don't know if that's a healthy thing, but I I know that I was doing it fully with the intention of avoiding feeling stuff. So I've definitely been there before. That's for sure. Tell me a little bit about um like your favorite place that you've ever been if you if i were to say you got one more place to go back to you've been doing this for a long time and you covered a lot of places where would you say that you would want to go back to japan japan tokyo i went there when i was backpacking through asia and at that time i was working 
I had a job where I basically worked nights and weekends for a California company, which meant any time during the day in Asia for me. And like, what is a weekend? It didn't matter. So the time zones were actually great. Like the time zones right now, because I work with a team that's pretty much all based in the Americas, it's kind of prohibitive for me to, to like live in Asia and do this job right now. But man, I had a good time there. And Tokyo in particular just absolutely captured my heart. When I went there from Seoul, I like at the airport had to buy an onward ticket and just so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give myself a month in Japan. That seems about right. And so I, I flew into Tokyo and a month later I had a ticket out from Osaka and I was like, oh, I'll just buy a rail pass and be all Japan, a little backpacking. And I just spent the entire month in Tokyo basically. I totally got stuck there. It was just amazing. And like the, I just met so many cool people. It has a very incredible gay scene, which is important to me. And I just got into, you know, whimsical situation after whimsical situation and just had the best time and would love to go back and would love to see more of Japan because I basically didn't see anything outside of Tokyo and a couple of days in Kyoto and Osaka. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're getting me all wistful now. And how was the food scene there? Well, at the time I was backpacking, you know, and I'm like on a budget and Japan is definitely more expensive than say Southeast Asia where I had to spend my time in. So, you know, I can, I can tell you definitively that the food scene in like the 7-Eleven, the family mart is, you know, way more expensive and impressive than you might think of for convenience store food. I always enjoyed kind of like getting something random that I had no idea what it would be and then bring it back to my hostel and having that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question I've got for you. What recommendations would you have for somebody that wants to become a digital nomad, but hasn't quite done it yet? So in terms of, let me be a little bit more specific, just taking the plunge and either like trying to find a new job or trying to convince their employer what, what kind of things would you recommend to that person? It's just a little too nervous to do it. When it comes to work recommendations, I feel like we covered the advice that I would give, which is just, you know, talking in very practical terms about like, what is, what is my role responsibilities? Can it be remote? The benefits of the organization, if your role is remote, but in terms of just kind of pulling the trigger, this is, so my second stint where I was like backpacking through Asia for, for two years in 2012, this came after I was working for a startup that failed and we were all laid off and I was job hunting. I was, you know, interviewing at other places, but my heart just like wasn't really in it. And I knew I wanted to travel, but I was really nervous about stepping off of that like trajectory. I was 26 and had had a lot of career growth already. And so it felt kind of irresponsible to just take a big time off. And this was 2012 where, you know, this is before Instagram. This is before you saw a lot of people doing this. And so what I did was I just got drunk and bought a one-way ticket to Bangkok and it was not refundable. And, you know, it was like a month and a half away. So what I did at, in those months and a half was just prepare for it. Just, okay, like this is happening 
now like get a backpack do this you know buy the the travel gear whatever but then just but then just go and, and figure it out when you get there. Like I said earlier, you just really never need as much things as you think you do. If you find you need something, you can almost always buy it in the location where you're at. So, you know, just knowing that you'll never feel like perfectly prepared for something. You'll never feel like you have all of the answers. What you need to do is just do it and, you know, mm-hmm. trust that you'll figure be able to figure it out when you get there. And then... Yeah, I have one other just kind of like advice generally for for people who are starting out in this and maybe are a bit nervous is that, I mean, strangers are almost always like much nicer and friendlier than you'd expect. So if you if you take the initiative to meet people, they are usually very open and and this goes back to what I was saying about you'll never be able to be pr- fully prepared for everything in life. And this goes for whether you're traveling or not. But, you know, having confidence in your ability to figure things out, but also like knowing that you can always ask for help from other people and people are usually quite willing to help out and, and generally good people. And that is just, you know, that will hopefully like give you a little bit more confidence to, to jump into a more unknown situation where you feel like there's a lot of variables you don't know about. It's really, really good advice. Lori, thank you so much for joining me today. Where are you going next? I don't know, actually. So if you have any suggestions or if anyone has any suggestions, I would love to hear it. I am in Medellin until February 19th. And then open it. I don't know. Love it. Okay. Well, maybe meet us in Cape Town. Seems like there's the entire (laughs) planet there right now. I don't know if there's space. Yeah. There might not be there might not be space for any more digital nomads. That might be true. Thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Everybody, if you haven't signed up yet, make sure you go to beachcommute.com backslash email. Get on our list because every week we send out two remote job listings for remote first jobs. So make sure you get in on that. You'll see two in your inbox every single week. Lori, thanks again so much for joining me. Always good hanging, Jeff. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Bye.